As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Today, hit us with the Spoiler Cast theme song. Spoilers. Hey, it's Slimer. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. Spoilers. Because <laughs> you said spoilers with us. Yeah. Like, yeah, because that's what really... you're doing. Welcome to oh, the uh, Sif Pop Spoiler Cast. Uh, this is a partner podcast to the main Sif Pop podcast where we talk and review the stuff. But this is the one where everything is fair game. And, uh, you know, hopefully you've seen it. So you're not going to get, you know, too spoiled. Or you just don't care, like Danae. I do not care. She just doesn't care. I do care on some topics, as you know. I did leave the room for the Game of Thrones spoiler last week. That is true. Now, here's the question you already asked in the main podcast. Is Slimer in this movie? So we'll start there. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Slimer. And, and Mrs. Slimer. And Mrs. Slimer. Oh, he got married. Are both in this film. Is there a baby's? There are baby I slimers. I don't think there are baby slimers. Will we consider boogers to be baby slimers? <laughs> oh, then <laughs> there are a million <laughs> yeah. baby slimers. That's what I call my boogers from now on. So yeah, tell me about this movie. How does this flow? What's the point of this movie? Like, what's the plot? How does it go? Honestly, you could definitely tell it's a Paul Feig movie. Yeah. What does that mean? It has like the borderline raunchiness of comedy, but it also definitely does feel like a Ghostbusters movie. Like, whenever they're talking at the very beginning with Zach Woods from Silicon mm-hmm. Valley, and he's talking about the house and how it's like, and he built up an anti-Irish fence and stuff like that. That's a little insulting, but, you know, <laughs> it's great. It's funny. Uh, yeah, I, the humor is on the edge a little bit, possibly for, you know, a, a PG-13, but, um, but yeah, you can you can feel Paul Feig's uh, fingerprints all over it for sure. As far as a plot goes, it's basically the plot of the original Ghostbusters, but with, you know... A little bit of a twist. So there's a character who wants all the ghosts to be free. Oh, I should say this. I did not like the villain because he was so underdeveloped. Yeah. Yeah. We really didn't spend a lot of time with him. Yeah. Um, so he wants all the ghosts to be free. So he is built. So he is going to different spots where there are hauntings and using some device he's made to like power up their ghostliness so that they're escaping and kind of getting into the world. And it all comes down to where he's trying to build a vortex. Uh, where all the ghosts can escape and the ley you know, lines. he can take over. Yeah, he can take over the world as a fellow ghost. So you he is a ghost then? Well, himself? spoiler alert, 
He commits suicide to become a ghost. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... that's he, okay, you know the Ghostbusters logo? Twisted. Like the white... Yeah. He becomes a very horrific version of that ghost. Yes. It's it's kind of like a Stay Puft yeah, Marshmallow Man. Yeah, that's the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man of this movie is him becoming the Ghostbusters logo. Okay. Did you ghost. stay after the credits to see the after credit scene? I stayed through most of the credits. I actually was not able to stay all the way okay. through. Well, at the very... Do you want it spoiled? Yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> so at the end, you know at the very beginning where they were listening to the recordings and it turned out to be the fart sound? Uh-huh, yeah. Well, uh, Leslie Jones' character is listening to it now, and she goes, guys, I just heard something, and like, what'd you hear? And they go, have you guys ever heard the name Zool before? <laughs> so Zool is the villain in the first Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, that Rick so, Moranis yeah, and is then, in, invaded by. And then, boom, it ends right there. So we know if there's going to be a sequel, it's going to deal with Zool. Interesting. But Do you I think, think there the, will be a sequel? Oh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess well, the it, money is what it'll Emma depend on. Stone, Emma Stone was offered a role in this and turned it down because she doesn't want to get involved in another series oh, so soon after the Spider-Man. So let's talk about this. This was the big, big thing. The references and the callbacks and the cameos. And the cameos. Uh, I thought the Bill Murray cameo worked for the most part. I like the Dan Aykroyd was my favorite. The Dan Aykroyd cameo was fine. Um, I didn't like the receptionist cameo. I don't like the Sigourney Weaver one either. And the Sigourney Weaver one. When that was in the credits. That was in the credits. And there was also... Or was it at the end of the movie? No, I think... It was in the credits. I think it was in the credits, yeah. Yeah. But uh, the original, who else was a cameo? I'm trying to think in this. Um, so, you know, I didn't see, I didn't see like Rick Moranis or. Um, Rick oh, Moranis is oh, Ernie Hudson. Single dad. Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson. I didn't mind that one. I thought that one was fine. It was a little yeah. on the nose, but. Yeah, it was a little bit, but. Uh, but it was fine. As far as references goes, the ones that really I really didn't like were where they just said words that were from quotes from the other ones, um, like Mass Hysteria. Yeah. They mentioned mass hysteria a couple times just because of Bill Murray's quote, mass hysteria, da- dogs and cats living together, you know, yeah. that whole thing. And it's like, yeah, I get it. You you know that there were quotes in the other movie, but it has, you know, you're just shoehorning it in because you want people to have that point of reference. Those yeah. were the ones that bothered me the most. My favorite quote in the entire movie was Andy Garcia's quote, don't compare me to the mayor from Jaws. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's going to stick with me for a very long time. You know why? Because he was legitimately angry about it. Like, yeah. the performance in that moment was so real. Was just like, don't you dare compare me to the mayor from Jaws. <laughs> no, that was good. Um, I think that if they would have done something like, it's true, this man has no, you know, I think that if they were mm-hmm. done that, that would have been a little too, but for me. But I'm surprised they didn't with some of the other ones that they did, you know? Yeah. They were all over the place. They were, and it's hard to think of. There were so you've got the car. The car is obviously. You I know, don't think very, that's bad. No, I don't think that was the firehouse. They yeah. They and played then, on that in an interesting way. And then they couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you and know the, what? That makes so much sense. Yeah, twenty one thousand dollars a month, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably pretty accurate. It's New York. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that's pretty cheap, you know. <laughs> No, I really did like the movie. Their cameos were a little too much. And I did think that the movie ran a little too long. The whole metal band demon thing flying around. Cut that entire part out. The movie would have been fine. It was just one scene so too what many. Scene, so what scene do you feel like they, as the four of them, got would have gotten their legs on it? Because the whole point of that scene is that's the first scene, like as a team, a full team, 
that they go out and capture a ghost and like that they have success. Make the one that they all capture or try to capture on the railways. But they're just meeting Leslie Jones then, so they're not like a full team. Maybe it just ran too long. Okay, cut out the whole bit with the mannequin. That was okay. pointless. Cut that out. Yeah, uh, I can see that. I can see taking that out of it a little bit. What was the point of that? The mannequin. There wasn't. The demon jumped out of the mannequin, so just cut that part out and just have the demon walking around. And... All right, here's another spoiler section. Uh, they upgrade all the weapons from the first one. So, a lot. So, like they upgrade the weapons like five times. Mm-hmm. So. And they have different types of weapons. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Some of the, you know, the when uh, Kate McKinnon's character pulls out her, you the know, dueling her, pistols, her things. dueling pistols. That was probably the best part of the whole movie. Incredible. The action in that is so much fun. Um, you know, so yeah, I I liked that. I thought that was good. Yeah. As far as anything other than that, you know what? And I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate for this i think that melissa mccarthy had gotten very annoying like with her character roles over the past couple like movies Mm -hmm. she was great in this so i want to give her props for that's nice yeah because i definitely know that feeling like where you know you've got a character that's kind of getting put into she was bordering on the adam sandler like same Mm -hmm. character no i totally agree and no she did a great job in this one so and there, there's a little bit of a sweet thing with you know her and Kristen wiggs character you know like their friendship and you know trying her feeling abandoned by Kristen because she yeah. tried to go into you know academia and try to leave the ghost hunting stuff behind because nobody believes it and i like charles dance's character he was only in it for five seconds who's that he was uh he's a tywin lannister okay yeah yeah like we your your credentials from Princeton. See if you can get some better credentials. <laughs> better than Princeton. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot to like here. Um. Danae, what questions do you have about the plot and the story? And just as you're kind of thinking about what it's about. Is it about ghosts? Mm-hmm. Yep. Is it about them being captured? Yeah, pretty much. Is it about the world being saved? Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Good. What do you think about? Let's go. Uh, let's go directly to the ending. Then spoil that a little bit. Uh, what did you think about the way it wrapped up? As far as so they get to this portal and they have, I guess, nuclear device like ghost well, it, capturing devices on their car. Yeah, and so they have to like target Slimer, who's now driving their car, yeah. to drive into the portal in the five million mile long rope that she has wrapped around her. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. she, so so what happens is they get this portal reversing so all the de- you know all the ghosts and demons are going back into the portal except for our friend the uh you know the main bad guy who's now the this stay giant puff knockoff. Yeah, the stay puff knockoff. He won't fit through it um or is having trouble going through it and so uh I think they figure out a way to how do they drag him back? Oh, the they nuclear. Shoot, they shoot him in the groin and he That's right. falls in. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, but on his way in, he grabs Melissa McCarthy's character into his, a portal to the other side, which, you okay. know, I, I guess if she's a human... You're assuming that they're going to d- kill her. Right. Yeah. So, but it doesn't. Well, because Kristen Wiig's character puts a, like a... I guess. Like a belt, like a... Some yeah, sort of a, a, wire. A, a tow cable. It was yeah, a tow cable. Like a tow cable around herself, locks it up and dives into the portal after her. And this tow cable is like... It has to be nine miles long because she fell forever. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she manages to grab Melissa McCarthy and then pull her out. And for whatever reason, they both have completely white hair. I didn't when get they it. Come 
Like I didn't get that either. Maybe there was no reference to that. Or... Was a scared white? You know, like if you get scared, your hair turns white. Yeah, but they it's like didn't a seem... shocking reference. But they yeah. didn't. They didn't. They weren't scared, so I didn't get it. Yeah. So then everybody's safe, and you know they all go to busting ghosts. Well, I'm yeah. glad you guys decided to uh, recommend it. Yeah. Because I I didn't know if it, we were going to even enjoy it at all. Okay, here's so. something. Did you like the whole thing? The mayor was like, "Oh yeah, we know about ghosts. They're real." I didn't like that part at all. And they're trying to hide it from everybody else. Yeah, they're hi- else. trying to hide it from everybody. I'm like, uh, no. It didn't bother me. Uh, I, they, they could have thought of something better, I think. The two FBI agents were funny. I think it's a way for us to root more for the Ghostbusters. Like, it's a way to have, like, the entire world against them. So not only are... It's people, a manipulation tactic. Yeah, yeah. So An not, emotional manipulation not tactic. Not only does nobody in the world believe that ghosts are real, and so they've already got that going against them, now the people in power are going, oh, yeah, we know ghosts are real, and actually we need to make you the patsies. Yeah. We need to make you look like fools, uh, you know, so that we can take care of this problem, even though we know that you're right, you know? Yeah. So it's just kind of like an ex- extra, like, piling on to them, that kind of thing. So I think I, I found it fine. Uh, here's the thing. None of this worked extremely well. I didn't think there was... It worked, other than, just not worked perfectly. Other than Kate McKinnon. Gosh, um, and maybe some of the visual effects. Uh, none of this I went away going, man, that was a great move they did there in the plot or great thing. It was all just kind of like, eh, I guess that works, you know? And so the overall, you know, feeling you get is, eh, I had a good time. Yeah. You know? It's not a great movie, but I had a good time. Worth admission. Yeah, I think that's right. You know what? Do you think that people should spend their money to go and see this in theaters or should they wait to go and see it like a red box or like a DVD? Is it worth the price of admission? I think admission? the visual effects make it worth the price of admission. Yeah. That's just me though. I'm. I love that kind of stuff. So I don't think this. You and me, we went both. And Excuse saw it. me. I apologize. <laughs> did you go and see this with a, your family, or did you see it by yourself? I saw it by myself. Okay, I think this is a movie that would be a lot more enjoyable with a group of people. You think so? Yeah. It definitely has that. I think comedies. It's in a general, party vibe. Yeah, have that. Yeah, it's that a group mentality. Vibe. So yeah, it's got that kind of like party vibe to it. So absolutely, I agree. Well, do you want to talk, Mister Robot? Spoilers. Oh yeah. So, uh, what do you want to talk about in the first couple of episodes? Okay, so let's start off with the fact that Christian Slater shot him in the head. Yes. Oh, whoa. I did not see that coming. And then he writes in his journal, he shot me in the head again. I didn't. I wasn't scared this time. So, that yeah. just immediately sets you in with, okay, so this is what we're going to have to deal with. And he he's not on computers anymore. He's quit. It's it very much is saying okay, we're not done with the Elliot Mister Robot thing. Yeah, but this season we all know it's the same entity. It's all Elliot, so we can play with it a little bit more. But they're going to be in a battle this season, I think. Oh yeah. So who all do you think is could Elliot? be Elliot? Could be Elliot. Uh, his buddy he's meeting at the diner. I'm almost certain is him. Really? Yeah. The the guy that he goes to the games with. And I say that because of the the very first interaction they have with uh, Craig Craig Robinson Craig Robinson's character. If you watch that, it is it's either him or very intentionally meant to make us believe it could be him because he talks to. You remember the fight scene at the playground in the basketball? Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, some of the worst pickup basketball I've ever seen in my entire life. They could like, not make a goal to save their life. Like, who are these people? Um, anyways, so they get there and there's this fight over the ball, like the ball rolls to him and he's like, Hey, give that back to me. I think that's Elliot standing there. That's not giving him the ball back. And that's one of the personas he uses to, you know, be tough or whatever. And then, 
uh, Craig Robinson's character comes in and kind of breaks it up and then immediately starts a conversation with Elliot and that other guy walks away. See, I thought that I was going to ask you if you think that Craig Robinson is him. No, I don't. Okay. I don't, but could be. Who knows? Um, but no, I, I, th- I think for sure that friend is being set up to thought he could be. Uh, and, all, and the other one is Tyrell. I really think they're still oh, Tyrell us- is 100%. Well, I don't want to say 100 because this show can go in here. <laughs> I am fairly certain that he is Tyrell, or Tyrell is him as Man, well. Man, it, it is, it, that is one of the things that makes me want to go back and watch the first season more than any other, but I'm staying fast that I'm not going to do it because I seem to remember that there were one or two scenes in the first season that would contradict that, that fact. Yeah. And but I don't remember them specifically. So I was trying to think of the break in, you know. Um I was trying to think of their meeting. Where they went and have lunch, where they had lunch in that mm-hmm. cafeteria. Yeah. Where they met for the first time. Do you remember when they met for the first time? Um Ty was uh, visiting Gideon's office yes. and he went up to him for some reason specifically to talk to him. Also he was trailing behind the group. Yeah. So like that one I'm going, okay, well that could be, you know, in fact, uh, that could be the invention of that character, you yeah. know, in his mind even. And then from then on, when we see, you know, I don't know, um, the interaction he had with Tyrell's wife was really strange and interesting. That's, I think that's really what sealed it with me is because she recognized him and she knew him. Now, but I don't he know tells she... her his name is something else. Yeah. And she asked, have you seen him? Yeah. So I don't know. It's just... I think that she knows he has multiple personalities mm-hmm. and that she's like, okay, who are you now? And she has to play it off like, oh, who are you? Who are mm-hmm. you? And he's like, um, and then once she figures out which personality it is, she knows which, t- how to interact with him then. Yeah. But uh, I think the other huge thing is what happened to Gideon in part two of that. Correct. So. And who, and is Mr. Robot behind that? Yeah, I think he is. I really think he is. Uh, I had two theories with that because um, the first time that Gideon went and visited him and uh, Christian Slater slit his throat, mm-hmm. I think that was all in his head. I don't think oh, yeah, Gideon absolutely. ever went Oh, you to don't even think him. Gideon was there? don't think he was there at all. I think that was a ploy from Christian's, from Mr. Robot to try and break Elliot. I thought for some reason, the, who's, the, who's the woman that he's staying with? His mom. His mom? Yeah. I thought for some reason that his mom had welcomed in Gideon. I, I think could be, I could be wrong about that. I think that he was just sitting there at the table. She was watching TV. I think that's how the scene started. Is she was watching TV and Gideon was sitting at the kitchen okay. table could waiting be. for could be. Elliot to walk in. Here's the other thing about this show, and I, I guess I could have mentioned this in the non-spoiler thing. I just continue to be more and more impressed with the detail they use in the legitimacy of the technology that they're showing in the hacking. Uh Oh, it's the DOS sort of looking. Oh, yeah, the, because movies and TV for so long have completely gotten that stuff wrong, and, it and they don't like, even care. Yeah, you know, it looks like this magical world of yeah, flying yeah. numbers and stuff. And this show, very specifically, in fact, I've heard them talk about that they do the research on these actual hacks. Like, for instance, the home hack, like the home, yeah. the smart home hack. They did all that was the, creepy. They did all the research on all the different bits on how you would do that and made sure it was possible. And then when it's executed, they make sure it's executed in exactly the way that it would have to be executed yeah. in real life. Like that, the attention to detail on that stuff is why this show looks feels so real. Probably the scene that really sticks out to me is the burning of the money. Mm-hmm. I love that scene so much. It just lets the you know E Corp know. 
they're no longer in control. Yeah. They don't have this. And how they had him put on the mask and burn the $5.7 million, something like that, in the middle no, of the No, no, no. It's 5.9 because five. the attack was 5.9. Five, nine. Nine. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Good so, yeah. call. Yeah. Man, such good. And also, Mr. Robot's birthday on his gravestone is 5.9. Really? Yeah. It's also how tall he is. <laughs> And everybody, that's Danae. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Danae. Um, yeah, so and so, it makes me think the five nine attack is is in honor of his dad's birthday on purpose on that day. Yeah, and something else they showed—they finally showed him getting pushed out the window as a kid. Yeah. So uh, that was interesting. And then how his mom was more enamored with how they're going to pay the bills as yeah. opposed to. How her son. Yeah, you're is. starting to get more of an idea of why he is as messed up as he is. You and know, I don't know if they ever s- confirm this, but do you think that his head injury is what caused him to? I think that's both? the indicate. I think that's the implication. Okay, they never sure. come out and say no, 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 it. No, 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 but no. I think they don't come out and say a lot in this show. <laughs> that's very true. Nothing in this show is here. You go. It's all we'll let you put the puzzle together. Yeah, but uh. I cannot wait for episode three. Oh, it's exciting. I, I fully expect uh, that there will be a reveal of one of these, you know, alternate personalities at some point this season, whether it's at the end or not. Um, and even though we know it's coming, because we knew it was coming in season one, too. You know what I mean? Like most the of Fight us, Club most of us knew that Mr. Robot and Elliot were the same, at least by the, you know, the fourth or fifth episode. So... If I'm remembering it correctly. It, it did take me a little bit. I did not know that was his sister, though. That no, reveal caught me completely off guard. Yeah, it did what not What was his that. sister? Um, Darlene. Darlene is his sister. Which one's Darlene? The punkish girl who's... Uh, like, Wait, sister has split personality, too? No. no. But he doesn't know that she was his sister. Okay, which one's Darlene? She was the punk cyber like hacker that like lured him in to work with, on the thing. You didn't know that, but like they talked about it in the first show. No, because like he thought that he was, she was just some random girl, and so he kisses her, and she's like, "What are you doing? Did you forget who I am again?" And then he's like, "She's oh. the one that shows up at his house all the time." Yeah, the first one. One of the two girls that shows up at his not, house all the time. Not the there's skinny drug, blonde girl. There's a drug girl. That's her. Um, not the one that lives. Oh in, no, no, no! Not the. There's not the, the drug one that lives girl. in the same. The one who died in the trunk. Yeah, not the one that died in the trunk. There's one that died in the trunk. <laughs> oh, she only saw like the first three episodes. Oh, that's right. Well, that's a bummer. Didn't he kind of like her? Wasn't he sleeping yeah. with her? Yeah. Okay. So she dies because of getting involved with drugs, maybe? Uh, Wasn't there a guy that got out of, dr- out of jail? There was a guy that got out of jail that was like her drug dealer that he went and talked to or something. Well, that's how he got. Didn't. didn't... That's how she, he killed her. Yeah. He killed oh, her okay. once he got out. And I think oh, okay. that Craig Robinson, if you think that he's not Elliot, that Craig Robinson is going to be that season's character. Is the drug dealer guy? Oh, because we haven't met him, have we? Yeah, interesting. I re- okay. I remember thinking that that was his sister because of like. Well, I didn't know it. Did not call it at yeah. all. Yeah, he because I that's I I even thought we had a conversation about that. Well, we may have after Maybe. the season. No, because I didn't. We haven't talked about it since I watched it. I didn't hmm. think. But anyway, I remember being like, she's like more like family, or she knows him really well. Mm-hmm. And whenever now the blonde girl definitely had that vibe. Of, you know, like Maybe a caring a family member. Her mm-hmm. name is Darlene. Is on the show. 
I think uh, you mentioned Darlene them. from iRobot. Yes. <laughs> no, Mr. Robot. Mr. Uh, Robot. iRobot's the Will, Will Smith, Smith movie. movie. Oh, right. Of course. I heard Christian Slater Darlene say the from other day. Mr. Robot. Yeah. Christian Slater said the other day people will see him out and about. And be like, they'll be like, iRobot. Or maybe, oh, it was, maybe it was. Uh, maybe yeah, it was Rami that's his sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't call it. Nope. Had no clue. Then it was the ninth or the second to last episode, right, where we found that out. It was either that just second seems or third. Crazy. Because I think me. the second to the last episode, we find out that Christian Slater is his dad. Mm-hmm. And then the third episode is, or I mean, the finale is just wrapping everything up. Mm-hmm. Didn't the season finale of episode or season one end with somebody knocking on the door, and then him going to answer it, and we didn't know who? Yeah. So we didn't get any res- resolution no, for that. No, I don't think we've seen a reveal on that at all. Wow. Which is probably purposeful. They'll I probably do some I sort of twisted wait. reveal. Like- I'm telling you, I'm so excited to see you know what happens with this, and it's it also seems like a show that is so so on where we are at as a culture that it it just it it exists at the perfect time to talk about the things that you know the security things and hacking things that. You know, so many people are thinking about it's just what a great show. It's probably the most well written show running right now. I think you guys just like to be messed with. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think you guys are, I'm serious. I think you guys are smart and intelligent, and you've been in media for a long time, and you're just excited that there's a show that's got you on the edge of your seat instead of one that you can just kind of figure out as you go. That's fair. Now, Game of Thrones kind of has the same kind of thing going on, right? Because it's still a puzzle. The, 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 the play for power, you don't know how it's going to go out. You 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 definitely don't trust that they're not willing to kill people. You to for you don't know you don't know what's going to happen. It's got that same kind of puzzle type effect to it. You know where Modern Family is just kind of like, and I know I brought that up several times today, but we talked about it earlier, so it's on my mind. It's kind of more basic. You know, you just mm-hmm. you watch it just to watch it, or yeah. Master Chef, you watch it just to watch it. But this is the kind of show that's got like, you don't know what's going on, mm-hmm. and you love it. Mind-bending movies like Memento and uh, or not Magnolia and Primer stuff like Magnolia. Oh man, Magnolia's uh, PTH all day. What was the other one that came out? It was kind of like Magnolia that same year. Vanilla Sky. That Tom was the Cruise. Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, yeah. It was like those two came out and they were both like, just you didn't know what was going on. The Prestige, probably. Yeah, but I I like that. Like I like movies that force me to think and i like mm-hmm. shows that force me to think absolutely lost forced me to think sure so a show that doesn't give me all the answers that lets me try and figure it out i appreciate yeah but it seems like or mr robot is like out, you know mr robot is is like you won't figure it out like they're really confident about that uh, i don't i think they're just telling a story i don't I, know i think the writer probably is really excited about that he's got everybody on the edge of their seat he's probably feeling think, totally pretty good right now there's I, so many shows oh i'll let you go ahead no, no no i just i i think he is more would be more satisfied with telling the story he wants to tell than knowing he fooled someone like you know like i think yeah. he'd be more satisfied with the re- if the resolution works than that it fooled someone for At me least that's how i feel for me it's there's so many shows that they're like oh we gotta go over here they explain their actions before they do it where in this show they just do what they do and it seems more realistic that way yeah yeah instead of like a hey, naturalistic part of what's going on in the actually, story yeah they're not like hey uh we need to go over here and hack into this because this person's mm-hmm. doing this and blah 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 they're like we're just doing it we're not talking we're just doing it and people will through our actions figure out what's going on like the whole home hack mm-hmm. we didn't know what was going on because nobody said we're gonna go and hack this woman's home and what a weird thing to hack a you know 
somebody oh, who's an entire home. Well, in a home of somebody who's, you know, like one of the key figures in that you're trying, you know, in the company that you're trying to, you know, take over. Because correct me if I'm wrong, that's the first time we met her. Yeah, I don't think we know her yet. Yeah. Yeah. So we saw this woman whose house was acting really weird and we didn't know why. And then we figured out later on and then we were able to put the pieces together without anybody telling us yeah. what's going on. Yeah. And that's the type of filmmaking and show storytelling that I just well, more than any other show on TV now, certainly, I am convinced this is a show, when it is done, that will reward immensely a repeat viewing. You know, like that you'll I go think, back and watch it again and just be like, oh, Do you want to know what I think is going to happen? I think they're going to release Mr. Robot, you know, like, things people are going to mm-hmm. want to buy. Or they'll, like, they'll send them out. And then Mr. Robot takes over everybody's computers who's watching the show. Mm. I think there's going to be a day that they're going to coordinate a mass blackout while the show plays in conjunction with the storylines, and then everyone who's watching it is going to be paranoid. It's going to be amazing. Mass hysteria. The show itself is a Trojan virus. Yes, the okay. show itself is a Trojan virus. This is what I think is going to happen. Itself Darn is you, tr- USA <laughs> network, not that country. Right. Good, good USA takes down the USA. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, this is happening. Uh, well, good deal. I can't wait to see what happens next. Um, maybe we'll we'll talk about it uh, every after a couple more episodes of come <laughs> yeah. you want to talk about it every week every week we'll do little, every week do like a little ten minute 15, conversation yeah. on the episode this is one of we the can do con- that well you could we could release it in the Sif Pop uh, feed. podcast feed just do Sif Pop hey, can we call robot. it can we call it uh, robot roll call robot roll call do you know that reference please no. can we can we do it uh, that's a MSTK three robot uh, roll call Cambot yes oh, gypsy. Yeah. Tom we'll just start, Yeah, we'll call it Robot Roll Call. We'll do like a ten- <laughs> yes! Whoa, that's like in the back of my mind somewhere. Well, it's real, com- real deep. It's, it's coming back. Coming back. That's what I heard. Yeah, 13 episodes. That's what I heard. They raised, what, $6 million to I, do it? from Kickstarter? And I helped. Good job. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you next week. We'll talk uh, spoilers on, uh, what did we decide? Star, Star Trek. Trek Star Trek spoilers next week. See you then. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.